0: What's going on, Chatters? Welcome to another episode of Coaching for Millennials. In today's episode, I want to talk to you all about the practice of forgiveness. And this is something that I have practiced probably for the last two years as I've tried to push through and get over some really challenging parts of my life and really establishing boundaries and goals of where I want to be and what I want to do, but there was things that were holding me back and those things required me to practice forgiveness. So in this episode, I want to dive into that. I also want to do a quick snippet of the year in review because I will have another episode on that. So if you'd love to bring your pen and paper and your favorite drink, let's dive into this week's episode. Are you struggling to find your purpose in life? Do you feel like something is missing and you need some guidance? Do you often feel unfulfilled with what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Well, I'm here to tell you you don't have to feel that way anymore. I'm here to help you through your journey in life to gain clarity, find purpose, and passion. My name is Jose Miguel Longo. I'm a gay Hispanic, a husband, dog daddy, advocate for social justice, and DEI. Ally for all LGBTQ+, a career and life coach, and millennial born in 1983. I have spent my time since the age of 14 working my way around the world of work. I know my God-given talents are to help those around me to gain clarity in their lives while finding their passion and purpose. For the last decade, I've spent my time coaching college students and alums from all three generations, X, Y, and Z, in designing their career stories and mapping what they want to do in their lives. Whether it's gaining clarity in who you are and what you're meant to do, learning to build a resume or write a cover letter, Holding you accountable and building your career journey or designing your life, the podcast, Coaching for Millennials, is a how-to guide for all things career, life, and a sprinkle of everything in between. It is an all-inclusive space for meaningful conversations on topics happening in our world right now. It is a space for people to go on a holistic journey in uncovering their passion and purpose. I'm here for all generations, no matter what you identify as. If you're seeking to transition from a career industry or job to another or ready to transform your life completely, I got you boo, whatever the fantasy you're trying to create, let me make it happen. If you're ready to start the journey to explore your passion and purpose, get focused on gaining clarity to transform you to a place that will fuel you, inspire you, and sprinkle some joy and laughter in between, it's time to dive into Coaching for Millennials. What's going on Chichatters? Welcome back to another episode of Coaching for Millennials. I'm really excited to bring you this episode because it is the second to last episode of the year, but also it is on a topic that is really near and dear to me. Um, This conversation about practicing forgiveness has helped me get over so many challenging mindset blocks that I've experienced in my life and when I tell you mindset blocks things that have prevented me from seeing and visualizing and planning my life in a really impactful way and if you go back to probably early episodes of 2020 um, you'll hear me talk a little bit about that but I think I've even mentioned it in some episodes in 2021 in January um, don't know exactly which episodes, but if I, if I manage to find it or remember it, I'll link it in the show notes. So having said that, how are y'all doing? Happy holidays, my friends. I wish you and your family the brightest, the best, the most love, and I hope that y'all can come together this year. I know that we've been living in this pandemic for two years now, which is crazy to think. You know, we first heard about the coronavirus lingering In late 2019, and it didn't hit us in the states until February, and then we started to see our world and our life shut down in March of 2020. But you know, coming into this year, I don't think anybody could have anticipated how much change we would we would see in our lives with the pandemic, and how much it would actually impact. Our day-to-day. Yeah. I was listening to MSNBC yesterday um, in the car, and I think Chris Hayes, his show, he was talking about a statistic that came out that said how the pandemic has impacted the Americans' lives, and it's taken two years off of the average person's lifespan, which is crazy. I mean, and we've all been impacted very differently. We've all been in- impacted by um, more than others but I, I think it's very important to practice a mindfulness of how are you doing check in with yourself check in with other people be aware of who's doing okay who's not doing okay pay attention to people's body language um, those are all parts of emotional intelligence but they're also parts of being human and maybe some of us are coping better than others, but, you know, be a neighbor and be be someone who can be there to help somebody else when they're in need. Um, so I, I think that's really important to recognize. I also think as we're kind of coming to the end of the year and the holiday season's here, everyone just wants to be together. And that's what I love the most about the holidays is that we get to bring our nearest and dearest in a same space, but we get to share each other's company and share, you know, what we're most grateful for and what we appreciate about each other while also potentially exchanging some fun gifts with one another Um, if that's what your family does and if that's what you do with your loved ones. But for me, it's really about seeing the little humans in my life, my nieces and my nephews um, who I, I have kids. I don't have little kids my kids are my dogs I have an adopted son who's grown he's 31 so it's a little different for me and I I'm not like by all means I don't want kids I'm okay with not having kids um I've made that decision very early on in my life um, for several reasons but my nieces and my nephews are my pride and joy and to be able to spend days and hours with them is really a, a really true it's truly a gift. So I'm super, super excited for that. And then I also am excited for disconnecting. After the year that I've had, me specifically, I could really use a week where I don't get on the computer and maybe check social media to post some pictures. And that's it. I'm going to try my best um, before we break for the holiday week to batch An episode on the year end review. And if I don't, I don't. But, you know, I just started a new job today. I mean, not today, sorry. (laughs) This week, I'm in day four of my new job. And I can't tell you how blessed I feel to have the best colleagues ever. Like, I've worked at many different places. I've been in higher education for over a decade. And I have some really great colleagues that I've made and some great relationships and friends. But the level of the culture that working at this company is, is mind blowing. And people truly just embraced you. When I tell you that I had not even accepted my job offer and I was getting emails from people congratulating me without them knowing if I was going to take the job or not, it completely just blew my mind how welcoming These group of people are and how they truly are interested and invested in wanting to get to know me, collaborate with me, and see me succeed. So I say that because it's hard to find places and companies and organizations and businesses that do that to their employees. Culture on a business and an organization is super important. And that's what creates great growth and teams and people staying longer and really seeing themselves having a career at at this place of employment. So I, I wanted to reflect on that. And, you know, the year has just been nuts, right? From COVID to shutdowns, to bringing the world back, to the nonstop argument about vaccinations and how it's politicized and how it's not politicized, to, you know, the government potentially shutting down to this huge budget to student loans. Like, it's just endless. Let's not forget about all of the other things related to race and discrimination. Like, there's just been so much. This year, 2021, has been jam-packed. And I I don't even know how to even begin to unpack it because that's not what I'm here for today. But I'm still trying to process in my head, how do I do a year in review? Um, without doing, like without, like I don't want to forget something, but I also do not want to do it justice. But for today, I'm going to get to what we're really here for. So a practice of forgiveness. It, it sounds simple, right? But in theory, it's a lot more complicated. I think my journey of starting this practice for me started happening In 2019, going to 2020. Um, And it happened because I had been holding on to so much anger and grief and sadness and stress and maybe a little bit of hatred because there was some hatred there to my mother. And if you've ever heard the episodes, like I mentioned before, early on in the podcast, I talk about how I started to practice the mindset of forgiveness to move on, to allow myself to be unblocked from what I had experienced. And the events of what why I don't have a relationship with my mother and why I had to practice forgiveness are not important for this particular episode, but I'm going to share some details about why it's important for me today based on what I went through in 2021 and why I think it's important for all of you, whether you're going through something really challenging in your life that you feel someone did wrong by you or you experienced something that ultimately you had no control, but you're living through it now. Forgiveness is something that we all need to be mindful of, aware of, but practice it, right? We have to take action with it and there's a couple of tips that I'm going to share with you here today. So I'm taking some, drinking some of my coffee. So in 2021, I found out in January that my employer was not going to renew my contract. But the reasons for those renewals were not disclosed. You know, they they, they disclosed, I think, a very generic um response which i think is what they were told to do and when i say they i'm I'm specifically referring to my direct supervisor and they were told that based on the unforeseen circumstances of the pandemic that they were required to look at all areas of their division and determine you know how to potentially restructure their departments okay I want to say eliminate because I don't think that's exactly what they were trying to do. But it kind of became twofold. One part was specific to budgetary constraints. And the other part was specific to restructuring the department. So I had to pause when I was listening to this conversation because I had so much. Well, I was shocked, right, for the for the most part. Because here I'm sitting in my evaluation, my review, and it's stellar absolutely stellar like a raving review responses are amazing so like you don't see this kind of stuff coming like you're not embracing for the old shit handle in the car because you don't know when it's going to stop right so when you know you have a positive evaluation review on your performance based on what you do you don't expect that when the story and conversation changed i was like what like i don't know if my face mind you this was on a zoom so that also makes it hard and awkward. But we've lived in Zoom for almost two years now. So I think that it's okay. But this is back in January. So the conversation and this tone and the setting changed very quickly. And I went from being okay, right? Okay, I don't know that I have a really good relationship with my former supervisor. Um, definitely did not trust her, but I can go into that at another time. Um, And and I went from being okay from the review proposal, from the review perspective, but then to like hearing that you're not renewing my contract, it's a little unsettling. And the part that shocked me the most was like, wait a second. There are so many other departments in the institution you can be looking at. Why are you targeting career services? Okay. So that to me was a thing. The other part that came to mind was like, this is not true. There's no way possible that the institution is doing this because I just didn't believe it. I already had a lot of issues of not just trust with this individual, but also a lot of issues that were that I was impacted by as a person of color, as a gay male, um as, you know, one of the very few minority people on her team. This is someone who claims that they don't see color, and me saying that should tell you a lot about this person. But I'm not here to throw this person under the bus or talk badly about this person. I'm here to talk to you about the experience and how I came to forgive, okay? Because when I'll tell you in this story, that shit is hard, okay? I loved what I did in my job every single day. And even though this person had hurt me more than once, not just in this occasion, but more than once, I still pushed through the adversity that came with working for this person. And I saw my job as the passion and pride and joy that it gave me in supporting and helping my students. I knew that I was having an impact. So I didn't allow those other things take over when I knew that I was doing good. So I'm gonna rewind the tape for a second here. In October of 2020, living through a pandemic, working you know partially remotely, partially, so working in a hybrid, so to speak, um, we had just hired a new CDO. And this person is new trying to kind of create relationships, establish a presence on campus. And so I was part of an inclusive DEI group that was called You Belong. And we basically were the liaisons when there wasn't a, a CDO on campus. And when I say CDO, I mean Chief Diversity Officer. And our role before the CDO came was to support students, faculty, and staff in need of anything, regardless of what may have been happening on the institution. And it was all confidential and it was all very private. So when when this person came on board, we, the You Belong group, embraced this person with open arms. And, and you know, they really didn't show up. It took a little bit of nudging on our behalf to try to get this person to want to partner with us. And in the end, I don't even know that the partnership actually has happened still a year and a half later. But what occurred was really interesting. So in a conversation with two of my colleagues, I shared with this person some biased incident reports that had occurred um, related to our students. This person came into the conversation saying, I really want you to share with me some really hard and challenging things that you have experienced and the things that our students and faculty are experiencing. So there was a level of confidentiality in the conversation already. And this person also said that they were there to shift the culture at the institution. So we as a group, as a collective group, thought it was important to share the consensus of what the student body has felt about the institution, because there have been some really significant troubling issues and concerns um, related to diversity, equity, and inclusion on our campus, specifically bias incidences that have occurred um, with students and faculty and staff, and also the what the administration has felt and and well not the administration, what the students have felt about the administration when it comes to responding, To these types of incidences. And there's a level of distrust that the students had felt. So, everything that was said in that meeting with my colleagues and this individual had been already shared in town halls that were publicly open to students to share their thoughts and opinions amongst the people who were hosting it, which were administrators of the campus, just to give you some context. So this information that I shared, this person took the, took the context of it, changed the wording a little bit, basically used it against me and shared it with my supervisor and said that I had shared this information in a student group meeting. Now, I had had a separate meeting with one of the groups that I was the advisor for, one of the um, diversity groups on our campus that I was the advisor for. So this person said, and this person participated in one of those meetings as an introduction, right? He, this person had asked um, if they can participate because they wanted to get to know all the student groups on campus. And I said, let me ask the president if they're willing to include you as a guest on the agenda and invite you into the meeting. So they said yes. And we hosted the meeting and this person introduced themselves and there was great conversation and all the things that came with it. They took advantage of that opportunity to take what I had said in a personal and private conversation that was confidential amongst my colleagues and twisted that and said that I said information that was about students, that was not necessarily private, it had already been publicly shared in town halls, and said that I shared it in a student group meeting. I was baffled by why this person did that and how that transpired. What was more interesting was that my supervisor came to me during a time that I was applying for a professional development opportunity and said, "I cannot refer you or recommend you because I was shared with, I was privy or given information that was considered unprofessional um, in a student group." And I said, what are you talking about? What are you referring to? And they wouldn't tell me. They said, I'm looking into it. I don't have all the details, but unfortunately, based on what I know, I can't support you. Mind you, in my contract, it's required that we are provided with professional development opportunities. For the three years that I was there, I had to take it into my own um, to identify the professional development opportunities, And in times, I didn't share it with my supervisor because they had consistently tried to take the professional development opportunities away from me. I personally thought and believed that my supervisor saw me as a threat to her, not just from the perspective of me having really strong relationships and developed trust and empathy um, with my students and my peers and my colleagues, but also with the fact that I knew how to operate people and I knew how to deal with conflict and challenge and I knew how to deal with challenging situations. This person, my direct supervisor, didn't. They would avoid things. They would pretend the conversations didn't happen and they didn't want to have conversations about equity, diversity, and inclusion, which made it very hard. And so I hosted open space for people. I had an open door policy. I had the space that gave people the opportunity to be their most vulnerable selves and no judgment and no questions. And it was it was what it was, right? And I think that this was a trigger for them. But nevertheless, that opportunity was taken away from me to participate in the Hispanic Leadership Institute with the State University of New York, which is an organization that provides opportunities, professional development opportunities, for professionals in the higher education field specifically working at the State University of New York. So I was like, what? I was dumbfounded. I kind of didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, sure, we can discuss this later. So they held on to the information while they claimed to have been investigating it for four weeks. So that conversation happened and I did not hear back from them. The conversation between my supervisor and I happened in September and I did not hear back from them until late October. And I began to ask questions about what is happening with this. You never got back to me. I just want to be able to know like, what did I say? Because you're told that you said something that was concerning in a student group when you work with students because it's your job. That's like triggering, right? You're like, what? What are you talking about? I need to understand. And it left me very feeling very uncomfortable because did I offend somebody? I'm human, right? We have to recognize that sometimes we say things that we don't intentionally mean to say, but we're not aware of saying it in the moment. So that was my first response. Um, who did I offend? What did I say? Can I apologize? Can I talk to whoever it was? Who was the student group? Who are they? Right? There was so many things. And I tried prying. I tried really hard to ask my to ask my supervisor if they would share with me, and they were not willing to share any information. They completely disregarded any feelings that I had towards it. They wanted to basically bring me down, and that's exactly what I had. What happened was they took the power of knowing they had control over my job and my position, and that's how they brought me down. It, wasn't, it had nothing to do with budget, it had nothing to do with the pandemic, it had everything to do with the fact that I had strong foundational relationships with students, I knew information that was confidential and privy to me, and I knew that I was there to impact students. And so the situation, which I'm not going to disclose everything because I don't want to draw this out. But I'm giving you context on how I had to go from last year in October with this situation to then in January, right? And, it, and it, this whole thing, <laughs> it, I'm chuckling now, but at the time I could not laugh about it because I've survived it, right? It's an experience. The whole thing went through until probably May with this situation. They were not giving up between my supervisor and... And human resources and all the individuals involved. It was really their way of trying to hold their power to me. And you're probably saying, oh my God, why didn't you contact your union? Why didn't you get a lawyer? And I did all those things. The problem with that is that I can certainly file a complaint for discrimination. I can certainly file a complaint for wrongful termination. I can certainly do all the things. I sought counsel. I went to my union, which did nothing. They did nothing for me. The union did nothing for me. And I saw um, an attorney. I spoke to about four attorneys who said to me, I cannot take your case because I already have a case with the State University of New York, which is crazy to think that and hear that information. But also because of how challenging it is to deal with the state and going into a proceedings of a case. And for me there was an emotional piece where I grew up working in the state system. I wouldn't want to put myself in a position where because of this bad experience at one institution which this is just av- this is just showing how a white privileged institution and people who are in power are using their power to demoralize, discriminate Um, And push people out who have strong voices and strong presence and bring people together and practice equity and inclusion. This is what that this is exactly that experience. And the reason I'm being so open more about it now and sharing more about it now is that I want other people to hear the story and I want other people to be able to feel like they can share their story. I also didn't share anything before is because I was still working there. They, right now, if I'm sharing this, and this is obviously public, my podcast is an open platform, someone hears a story and wants to go back and say something to them, they're more than welcome to because they know what they did. And they can't come at me because they don't have anything to come at me at. I resigned before my contract ended. And so I was the one that terminated my employment with them. So there's nothing there they can come at me for. So everything that I'm saying is the truth. And it's the hard truth. And, you know, the reality is that no one investigated at all what truly happened and transpired in those conversations in September. And I asked questions and no one wanted to take any accountability. And for me, it was really hard. It was really hard. And here's the thing. Similar to the experience that I had with my mother when my mother was probably 20 plus years of anger, hatred, um, disgust, and a lot of fighting back and forth because there was nothing more that I wanted to have a relationship with my mother, even though I felt a certain way about her. Family is hard, and family is an F word for a reason, and in that situation... I had to become very, very honest with myself and realize that my mother was a toxic person and I needed to let go so that I can move on and be at peace in my life. She was not willing to come together to admit any form of guilt to her behavior and the things that she did. She was not willing to come to the table to have open, honest conversation and let people have the ability to talk about things and she kept doing wrong time and time again years and years later so you know the incident that happened to be that happened between me and my mother or my mother and I isn't just a, is a isn't wasn't just one time thing it was a course of my life from a very young age so i had to number 1 remove myself from the toxic relationship number 2 i needed to forgive her I needed to forgive the fact that she as a human lacked the ability to not just only show empathy, but to be really honest with herself, to be really vulnerable with herself and to be able to see how her behavior really impacted those around her and her family and her immediate family. And I had to acknowledge that I was having a very unhealthy relationship with her. So I ended up um, calling her. And telling her that I don't want to speak to her again. And that I forgive her for everything she had done to me. And that I needed to move on with my life. And that I wanted to have a really positive um, life moving forward. And that everything she had done to me was impacting me in a really, really critical way. And that I needed to be able to forgive her so that I can move on. So it was kind of like... You know, it was really cathartic. I have to say, I, I when I did that, and this was, you know, going back to twenty twenty. It was January twenty twenty when I did it. I literally was like, I'm very emotional, and I cried right after I hung up the phone. But I felt a sense of relief because I released the anger and all of the pain that I was feeling from that journey. I forgave her, and. I have to say though, like since that happened, I have not looked back. I, I talk about the experience because I think it's important for people who have anger towards others and that are holding this resentment and don't know how to process this, that they actually find forgiveness in themselves, but also for those around them. And so the, the moral of all this with my supervisor specifically, I forgive her. I forgive her for being an ignorant, racist person. I forgive her for not practicing um, emotional intelligence, so being vulnerable with her people being trusting and being honest. Um, I forgive her for for pushing me away and not wanting to have a relationship with me and avoiding me. I forgive her for, for all the things, all the things. Because at the end of the day, I think people... Who People like that, people who, who are in this space in their lives that honestly don't recognize how other people can help them succeed because it's there's a part of that as well on the layers of it, are always going to be on the, I don't know what the word is called, but almost like on the defensive side. I truly believe, even in comparing it with my mom... My mom did not like seeing me succeed in my life. There was this always this layer of like she wanted to one up anything that I did. If I had a job and I was making good money, she was trying to find a way to sabotage me. If, you know, there were so many different things throughout my life. And she pushed me out of her life. So I had to take action and push her out of mine so that I didn't continue to allow her toxicity to come in. Similar to this relationship with my supervisor. I had no control. She was the one that had control over everything, and I just did my job. I was a support in it. And if there's anything that I learned of my time um, in working in human resources at Syracuse University, was dealing with challenging people and dealing with conflict. And I feel like I've mastered that. Let me tell you, for three and a half years working at you know the Polytechnic Institute, so much conflict, so much conflict, and I rise above. And when they went low, I went high. And and I stuck to the truth of who I am as a person. I, I'm coming out on top. I mean, working for Handshake is a dream come true. I feel so honored and so blessed that I was given this opportunity. And I'm so grateful for the team. Can I just tell you in the last four days, the people who I'm going to be working with at this company are just mind-blowing. They're genuinely connected to you and they care about you and they want to see you succeed, but they also really want to invest in having a relationship with you. And I'm so grateful for that and so grateful for the opportunity to be able to work for a company that provides me with that space to be who I am authentically to not have to hide who I am and pretend that I'm not a person of color and that I'm not a gay man because that was also part of my journey working at Poly. Um, And they want to acknowledge that. They want to embrace the diversity of the people who work there. They want to bring communities of people together. It's just a beautiful thing. So here's my quick tips to help you practice forgiveness. Number one is write down what is the trigger of, that's bringing you all of these emotions and bringing you all of these feelings? And number two, is it someone or is it an experience? Write down who the someone is. And if it's an experience, write down the experience. The reason you're doing this and you're kind of exercising this is because it's going to be the opportunity for you to be able to put pen to paper and reflect on what's impacting you. And be able to also recognize what it is that you need to do to move forward. So by writing it down, you're now looking at the experience or the person and the situation to really assess everything that is occurring. Number three, if it's a person, I would recommend calling the person. But if you can't bring yourself to that place then write them a letter and the letter should be personalized to you but i think you would want to include how you feel where you are and where you want to be and ask and and just let them know that you forgive them for how they have impacted you doing this is ultimately going to give you the space and the opportunity for you to try and process a little bit more, but you wanna let go of that shit. It's all about letting it go. It's about you being able to tell the person you forgive them, but it's also about you not looking back on it to holding you down from where you want to go. You have a beautiful, bright life to live and holding on to this bad shit isn't going to help you push through, which is why you have to forgive People and these situations, and sometimes doing that requires a little bit of conflict. But if you're not willing to go through the conflict, exercising a letter and calling. Unfortunately, fortunately for me, I have to say I left my mom a voicemail, and and for my supervisor, my former boss, I don't need to have anything to say to her to practice a forgiveness. I've come to the conclusion that by just saying it out loud and knowing that I've left and I'm going to something bigger and better is forgiving enough. I don't have to let that person know nothing. I'm good. I've made my peace. And I know the truth, right? At the end of the day, I feel so liberated. Like, my internal, like, emotional feelings have been validated In weird ways, but also like in positive ways. And I feel a true, true connection to the fact that I'm in a better place. And I spent the last year like feeling a certain way about this journey that I was on because of what they did to me. And I had to let that go. And that's why I don't feel like I have to say anything. But for this, for you, who is listening to this and trying to figure out what to do. Those are the two things that I would I would suggest. I would really like give yourself the benefit of the doubt and give yourself the space to be able to say, I forgive you or I forgive the situation and I want to move forward. Like you need to acknowledge it. You have to put it out in the universe and you have to own it. And 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 if it comes back, if it comes back, this is part this is number four. If it comes back, um Reflect back on what you wrote. If this is a journal entry for you, go back to that journal entry. Remind yourself of why you did this. But also remind yourself of what you want and how you want to move forward and push through it. Because that is really the only way you're going to get over it. So I, I really think that people need to be forgiving of themselves. Right? Practice a little bit of empathy with that. But also give yourself the opportunity to say, I want to move forward in my life because blank, blank, blank. And then the other statement is, I'm going to move forward in my life to do blank, blank, blank. Okay. That's truly the way that you're going to, you know, come through this and be able to take the time and the space and the opportunity to push yourself through in, in being able to manage um, what you're experiencing and how you're feeling. So having said all this, I hope this episode was a reflection for you, but it also gave you the opportunity to see how a story like mine, and obviously this was not the full story, but the Cliff Notes version can provide you maybe with some clarity and maybe make you feel... Better about your situation. Obviously, like if there's toxicity involved, you want to get that shit away and you want to push it out of your life. Remember the mindfulness that we talk about, and you know, I, I think it's all about these practices. It's a practice about emotional intelligence. It's a practice about mindfulness. Being vulnerable is not a form of weakness. Being vulnerable is a, is a form of leadership and strength. And this is one of those things where you have to get vulnerable with yourself but you have to get vulnerable with the people who don't want to give you the space to do so. And and writing a letter might work, right? Maybe, maybe a letter might be the... Um, I don't know what just happened. Something happened with my Audacity file. So I had to... It stopped basically recording. But I think I left off talking about being vulnerable with yourself and being vulnerable in the situation. So, you know, I, I want to close this episode out with this idea and this conversation that forgiveness isn't something that comes easy to people but also forgiveness is something that we all need in order for us to move ahead and look ahead and giving people um, the space to do that is really really important and I think that if you are ever in a space where you're unaware and unsure of if you're ever in a space of how you would like to move forward and how you would like to process that, then having the opportunity to look back and think back on this episode particularly is going to help you. Well, my friends, I hope you all have a blessed, beautiful holiday. Be safe as you travel and be safe with those around you who may be at risk, and I hope everyone is vaccinated because we know that this new variant is always going to attack those who are vulnerable and those are the people who are unvaccinated. And I hope that this episode brought you some value. And if it did, please go and share it with the world. I would really appreciate that. If you love the show, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes. That is where I look at the show and that's where I connect with people when they have questions and I'm really, really grateful. I'm really, really grateful for all of the listeners. We accomplished so many milestones in twenty twenty one. You know, we hit twenty thousand episodes. I think we're at twenty four thousand or twenty five thousand at this point. So the twenty thousand happened a couple of weeks ago. But I I feel so blessed to have all of you as my fans and listeners, and also. Here's the thing. I still have some amazing coaching um, packages that are available to access with really, really good pricing. So take a look at that on the show notes. I wish you all a happy and blessed Christmas. And I can't wait for a 2022 because it's going to be amazing. I love you all so much love and kisses. Be well, be safe until the next one. Hey, chatter. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to share it with the world. We welcome everyone for listening. And if you'd like, please go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Those reviews mean everything to me and they help the show grow, as well as for me to know what topics you want to hear from next be sure to go visit to coachingwithjoseamiguel.com or Coaching for Millennials for more up-to-date content, newsletters, blogs, information about coaching for life and career. Thank you so much for being a part of our magical world and for being part of this program. I can't wait to the next episode.